0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan
1: Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Good morning, Dan. I know it, I know it. I know it. <laughs> Everybody's like that. This is like mandatory in the audio and TV business yes, that everybody, interest. even Sean did it yesterday, right? On Sean's show. So listen, I, before we start, I always say, you know, producer Joe, how are you today? Because you're, you're my guy, you've been with me yeah. forever, but we have an ensemble cast again today. Yes, we do. We have uh, uh, Sulu over there, Blair. We have Spock and Linda. We, <laughs> I, actually, I don't watch Star Trek, so I can't even name another. Oh, McCoy and Ethan. Um Who's another? I don't even have another. Jason, Jason, you're just going to be Jason. So your crew <laughs> member, Jason, on the Starship Enterprise. We got a whole team of people at Ice Station Hannity here in Vietnam helping us out. So uh, thanks to them. Seriously, <laughs> you guys are great. And, and ladies, Linda, I really appreciate it. I don't we,
2: mind being one of the guys.
1: Totally yeah, fine. I know you never mind. And we got great feedback on your you know initial appearance on the show. <laughs> the show did bonkers numbers. So uh, we appreciate that. But thanks a lot. I was just making kind of a joke about how I'm overseas. And my wife, she's going to kill me, of course, my wife, who I love dearly. But she texted me about my fish, who uh, may be dying a slow death at home. She's like, hey, um, d- do you have to feed this thing? Like, what's? Tr-? I was like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you do. Um, It is not a battery operated. <laughs> you got to throw that sucker five pellets a day. So don't worry, folks. Listen, we love Adam. He's fine. I'm kidding. My wife fed the fish because I know I'll get it. Th- but the fish is fine. But yes, it did bother me a little bit, the question, do you have to feed this thing? It is not a nine-volt fish. That sucker needs <laughs> actual pellets every day to get going. So he's doing good, though. Ladies and gentlemen, he's doing good. Let me just put that out there. All right, so yesterday was a uh, pretty crazy day uh, in uh, in Vietnam. And I'm keep in mind, I'm losing track of time because we're 12 hours ahead of you. So when I say yesterday i i may i don't even know if i mean yesterday eastern time or yesterday even linda hasn't slept i popped in the hotel room this morning <laughs> your studio and linda's eyes and i said to her what no, I, no, no. and she got mad at me and i know you did because i know you i popped in the hotel room and her eyes are like sunken in like she hasn't slept in like four days and i said man you look like yeah, fill up yeah. the place and she's like
2: what do you mean yeah you walk in the room <laughs> you're in the room five minutes and you look at me and you go, Man, you look like ass. And I'm just like, <laughs> really? It good was, morning. I probably not the best way to handle but she looked like she had And you know like you, what you your your answer? I don't mean like ugly. I don't mean like ugly. I just ugly mean in like, you know, way. just like not not good. I'm Listen, like, thank
1: you, Dan. I get thank it. You. I, the art the subtle art of diplomacy is not my thing. I think oh, that's yeah, what y- kind y- of makes the yeah. show yeah. different. But yeah, yeah, it's tough to sleep over here because it is the exact opposite. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've been texting Joe at all kinds of crazy hours too. So yeah. All right. I have to we, we gotta pay for the show. That's important. Joe. There's yeah. nobody on the planet built like you. No. Thank God. Thank God. So why would you I'm messing with you? So why would you why would you buy no Joe's in good shape? Why would you buy a generic mattress built for everyone else? You know everybody loves you, so people can go, don't stop messing with you. We love Joe. Joe's the best. Helix sleep built a sleep quiz that takes two minutes to complete. That's it. This is I have a Helix sleep mattress. I told you the story. It's in Amelia's room, my daughter. My wife reads her a book at night, and the mattress is so comfortable that sometimes she totally racks out and doesn't even bother coming in, which I have a a king. So sometimes I get that thing to myself. It's like sleeping on a spaceship by yourself. (laughs) So Helix Sleep has a sleep quiz. Two minutes to complete, and they use the answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. Whether you're a side sleeper, hot sleeper, you like a plush or firm bed with Helix, there's no more guessing or confusion. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. Linda needs one of those right now. <laughs> Helix Sleep, ex- do us a favor. We love you guys. Express a mattress. Linda needs some sleep. For couples, Helix can split the mattress down the middle, giving you individual support and feel preferences for each side. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. Right now, Helix is going to give you $200 off your mattress order for the President's Day sale. How do you like those tomatoes? Get up to $200 off at helixsleep.com slash Dan. That's helixsleep.com slash Dan for $200 off your mattress order for their President's Day sale. Going on right now, helixsleep.com slash Dan. Yes. Okay. All right. So, story number one. Michael Cohen. Uh, there's, you know, the Democrats are just, what what side are, are these, uh, these lunatics on? So, you have the President of the United States. He is on the ground here. Uh, in in Vietnam and Hanoi, having this summit with the North Koreans over a obviously, I think it's you know it's tautological just to say it a very serious grave matter the threat of nuclear weapons and a potential attack on the United States if they've developed uh, the technology to do so and what do the Democrats decide to do they decide this is the opportune time to hold a hearing with. Uh, President Trump's former lawyer, uh, Michael Cohen, for one purpose and one purpose only, uh, to humiliate and embarrass President Trump and make him look silly on foreign soil. Now, folks, this is pretty disgusting. Um, You know, I can rant all day about this, but again, I don't want to waste your time. But there was an old expression that politics ends at the water's edge. Meaning when the president was overseas, we were all united in purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, that ended, of course, with, you know, the, the, the Dixie Chicks going overseas and, and uh, who I used to love, by the way, Natalie. I used to love the Dixie Chicks. Their first album was awesome. I probably just lost my man card there, but that's fine. Because I thought Natalie Maines was was the cat's meow, man. They were great. And she goes overseas, and I wasn't a huge George W. Bush fan, but she trashes him in a foreign concert. And it seemed like all the—I don't know if that just opened Pandora's box, but it was all over after that. Now that you're holding congressional hearings to humiliate President Trump while he's meeting with a a nuclear power uh, that's threatened to annihilate us, whether they have the capability or not, of course, is questionable, Mm -hmm. but there's no—the gravity of the situation is not in question— is just disgusting. And it speaks to the question, what side are the Democrats really on anymore? If you, if I'm a Democrat now, I'm sorry, but I'm embarrassed. I'm, my party's just really gross. Um, it's just disgusting what they're doing. But rant aside, there's something going on in this. There's a key takeaway a lot of people are missing here. The Cohen testimony is going to be two segments. It's actually going to be three, but for our purpose, it's going to be two separate boxes of testimony. The first box of testimony is going to be behind closed doors, and it's very, very kind of sneaky what they're doing. I like to uncover this stuff. The stuff they're putting behind closed doors with Cohen is the stuff we were told was, this was was going to take down Trump. the This is it. We got him. We got his (laughs) lawyer. The collusion stuff, he's colluding with the Russians. Now, Joe, why is that behind closed doors? While the open testimony, the second box of testimony, second tranche of things he's going to say, have nothing to do with collusion at all. They're going to be about his personal business dealings. That's all going to be open for the public to see, to openly humiliate the president, where I'm sure Cohen's going to go on about. And I don't trust this guy as far as I can throw him Mm. about payoffs and, you know, what he thinks are suspicious business dealings or whatever. I don't trust Cohen as far as I could chuck this guy and it ain't far. But that doesn't make any sense. Joe, stop me if I'm, you're the audience ombudsman. I'm with you, brother. If the big scandal here is that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians to steal the election, why is that stuff the stuff that's behind closed doors while the humiliating personal details are the stuff they're going to broadcast out to the public probably all over CNN and MSNBC? Well, the answer is very simple, because the behind closed doors stuff as Byron York says in an excellent Washington Examiner piece, it's in my show notes at Bongino.com. Subscribe to the email list. I'll launch them right to you. The stuff Cohen has to say could potentially be exculpatory for Donald Trump on the Russia stuff. Oh, So just to be crystal clear on this. Yes. Yeah. And I'm going to explain why, because I'm not going to leave you hanging here, folks. Remember that old joke? How do you keep an idiot in suspense? And you just leave a radio. <laughs> I don't know how. Like, that's the joke. I won't leave you hanging. this Cohen the whole purpose follow me here the whole purpose for this entire special counsel investigation, how it came to arresting Cohen uh, vis-a-vis the special counsel and then Southern District in New York All right was this whole assertion that Trump had colluded with the Russians. That whole idea that he colluded with the Russians to steal the election was based on a dossier of which Michael Cohen is a central figure and player in that dossier. He is mentioned 24 times. Two dozen times in the dossier. So I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down here. The yeah. reason Elijah Cummings and these other guys are putting that stuff behind closed doors is because if Michael Cohen goes under oath again in a closed door testimony and entirely debunks the dossier, craps all over the dossier, mm-hmm. and says this thing is complete garbage, then do you understand he will have completely exonerated Trump and made the entire committee look silly? Now, there's one key tenet of this. You're a regular listener to show. You probably know where I'm going with this already. Mm. Although Cohen's mentioned 24 times in the dossier, he is a key figure in this one mention where he allegedly goes over to Prague oh. and coordinates with a Russian-connected official. You remember this? Uh, he coordinates and gives cash payments to this Russian official to get this, this, this tranche of Hillary emails that have been hacked. Now, if that happened, that would be a very serious uh, uh, potential crime.
2: Mm-hmm. If
1: What's the problem, folks? <laughs> Cohen's never been to Prague. <laughs> He's never been to Prague. He has denied this repeatedly. Lanny Cohen, who Linda, you've had on the I mean, channel. Lanny Davis. I always say Lanny. Lanny Davis. Never Lanny, let a good crisis I, go to thank waste. Thank you for correcting me there, You're Lanny. Welcome. Yes, Lanny, who you've had on the Hannity show with us. Now, let me ask you: Is Lanny Davis a Republican? I uh, know. Uh, yeah, uh, hell no. Lanny Davis is a Clintonista on steroids. Lanny Davis is Cohen's lawyer, folks. He has repeatedly debunked this too. He, Lanny Davis, has zero interest, less than zero interest, right, in promoting. Uh, Donald Trump is being innocent of any of this. He has already come out and said the central component to the dossier, the whole basis for the prosecution of Trump for collusion is fake. Cohen has never been to Prague to set this thing up with emails or so on. Now, do you see my point, Joe? The reason they have him behind closed doors on the Russia stuff is because it's exculpatory. And then they want to put out the nonsense tabloid National Enquirer stuff to embarrass Trump while he's negotiating with uh, Kim Jong-un for a potential denuclearization deal on this peninsula.
0: There's a way to fix this, but we have to call a guy named Vinny. <laughs> what the hell is
2: that?
1: Where did you find that?
2: Uh, that's Ray right. Is that, is that when we go back to the conversation about <laughs> I got a guy?
1: He, Joe's always got a guy. He's got a guy. Joe, Joe always does have a guy. Got a guy. Joe is like <laughs> the guy who has the guy. You do. That's good. I like that. Um, All right. So enough on that. But all right, folks, by the way, we are live streaming this on my Twitter at D Bongino. We're going to do a snippet of the show. So this is the first time we've done this from Ice Station Hannity uh, here in Hanoi. So if you're on my Twitter at D Bongino, you can check it out actually live. So we've never done that before. So we got Blair here, though, rocking it with the technology stuff. I can barely figure out how to turn on my iPhone. Yeah. So it's the first (laughs) time we've done this. All right. So again, the takeaway from that story is that the Democrats, what side are they on? When there's an opportunity to exonerate our president on false charges and have Cohen come clean on the Prague thing, they hide him behind closed doors. And when they want to embarrass him in front of an international audience to talk about tabloid stuff, like, oh, we'll put that stuff out in the open. Total, complete frauds. Um, all right. Let me get to this because I want to get rocking and rolling on some
2: really important stuff. I got and can a we just show. can we add a point here? I don't yeah. mean to interject. No, of course. But we were talking about this before. <laughs> water, anyway. You know, the, the American people voted for Donald Trump because of what they thought he could do because of his business skills had absolutely nothing to do with anything else. They don't care who he sleeps with. They don't care what he did before he ever even thought about running for president. They don't care.
1: You know, Linda, I, I, I've said this before, jo- Joe. What, what do we call this? Battlefield morality, right? Yeah, yeah. We, like yeah. you know this from having. Mm-hmm. How long you been in this business, Linda? Fifteen years. Now, Joe, you've been. To- how long you been in conservative radio? Uh, a little Twenty over years 30. or so. A little over 20. thirty. Yeah, you, you've been around. Yeah, I don't want to age anybody. Uh, here, but- I'm an old. Fart. So this is. A- there's a lot of. <laughs> There's a lot of like. There's a lot of experience here. I ask you that for a reason. You've lived through, and and you were on the air, both of you, Joe, for a few more for Republican presidents. Sure. Yeah, I'm not knocking George W. He was a good man, but I was not a big George W. fan.
2: Neither was I. No, we have
1: tried the morally kind of upstanding. Let's vote on this. And I'm not knocking Trump. Listen, I'm a sinner too. I'm not getting into. I don't do these kind of moral judgments, right? But the point is, we've tried this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. let's vote for like the, the the suave nice guy whatever it may be. And you know what? Now, let's just be honest. We want a nutcracker. Mm-hmm. We just do. And I
2: don't but mean also, the play. But also, the bottom line is, uh, you know, the nice guy is probably doing whatever he's doing behind closed doors, too. And you know what? I don't want to know about it. Yeah, and I don't care. I'm if A-B you don't know how to balance your checkbook, if you don't know how to make negotiations with world leaders, it really doesn't matter to me what you're doing with your dinky do. It's none of my business. <laughs> mm-hmm. so no. I don't care.
1: Have you ever heard Dinky do? Yeah, from uh, Laugh-In, I believe. Yes, a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah. Joe and I call it battlefield morality. How we have tried this before, where yeah. we voted for the nice guy or the, the polished guy or the eloquent guy. And, and what we got was crap. We got continued funding of Planned Parenthood, which, by the way, Trump this week hit again, trying to take funding away from Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. We've tried this before. We're in a battlefield morality situation right now. And what I mean by that is when you're in the trenches with a guy um, and, and you're sitting next to him, whereas if you were, say, in basic training and the guy was, you know, texting his girlfriend while he's married, you may be like, dude, you know, that's not yeah, the right not thing cool. to do. That's not cool. not cool. And it's still not cool. But when you're in the battlefield in the trenches and, you know, there's an opposing army headed your way. You're not like, hey, bro, that tweet you sent out yesterday. You're like, start shooting, dude. Right. <laughs> and this is, we need someone with Trump to start fighting. And he's one of the first guys we've seen since possibly Reagan who was like, no, I just don't care what you say. You know, full steam ahead. Damn the torpedoes, full stream ahead, full steam ahead. I agree with you. I, I, I don't, I don't care about any of that. It doesn't bother A perfect me. Perfect
2: example is Mitt Romney. Nobody voted for Mitt Romney.
1: And then he, what happens? We support him and now he backdoors us. I mean, that guy, I can't yeah, stand, no. Rami. I know,
2: but honestly, it's like, there's the clean cut guy. I love my wife. I'm married for 30 years. Yeah, nobody voted for you. Yeah, any law. He got smoke. Nobody cares. <laughs> they just want to Brush. know how you do business. Mittens. Mittens. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, today's show, but I got to remember, I had to take a note. <laughs> New coffee. I'm having a delayed effect of mittens. I apologize.
1: Yeah, you, you didn't get that.
2: I did. It's so freaking oh. funny, though. You never heard that mittens. I have, but I don't know that whole moment right there. You're oh, like,
1: mittens. <laughs> All right, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Policy Genius. Yesterday, Linda Blair. What are we talking about? Health insurance. Policy Genius. Getting life insurance can feel like assemblies assembling the world's worst jigsaw puzzle. I used to do those. It's confusing. It takes forever. When you're finally done, it doesn't even look cool. But if you have a mortgage, this is. Great. Policy Genius, you guys really wrote the heck out of this. I love this. But if you have a mortgage, kids, or anyone who depends on your income, it's a puzzle you need to solve. And Policy Genius will help you do it. You know what? This says, pick one. I'm going to read it because I love these guys. Policy Genius is the easy way to get life insurance. It's just two minutes. You can compare quotes from top insurers to find the best policy for you. It's super easy to use Policy Genius. I've checked this out. If I can figure it out, you can figure it out. When you apply online, the advisors at Policy Genius will handle all the red tape. They'll even negotiate your rate with the insurance company. Come on, you can't beat that. No commission sales agents, no hidden fees, just helpful advice and personalized service. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They make it easy to find the right home insurance, auto insurance, disability insurance as well. They're your one stop shop for financial protection. So if you find life insurance puzzling, head to policygenius.com. In two minutes, you can compare quotes, find the right policy, and save up to 40 4, not 40%, four, 40% doing it. Policy Genius, easy way to compare and buy life insurance, policygenius.com. All right. Um, a couple other things I want to get to. So, there's been some more breaking news on the Clinton disaster. Now, I always read my audience email, but mm-hmm. even the, you know, the bad stuff. And some guys said, man, I can't believe you're covering this Clinton stuff again. And I responded, uh, well, didn't, I couldn't respond back fully, but it's, there's breaking news on it. It's yeah. important. So the Epic Times is Jeff Carlson, who is just slaying it over there. Uh, really, I don't know where he's getting this stuff keeps getting testimony leaked from these FBI people on the record. And there's revelations about just how far they went to cover up on the Clinton scam. So I have this piece headline lead first. As always the fix was in for Clinton. Now you may be saying, Oh, okay, great. You know, Dan, that's not, it's not, but now we have the deets on how this <laughs> actually went down. So Carlson gets his mitts on some testimony from, uh, uh, Trisha Anderson and Lisa Page, two higher-up FBI lawyers, about how the DOJ shut this thing down. And he throws a wrinkle in detail in this thing that is just fascinating about how far they went to squash any investigation into Clinton. But they were so stupid, they kind of missed something. Now, wait, before I tell you this story, yeah, I, I have, we're doing Hannity's radio show, too. they will let me borrow their studio. So we're doing, we're doing like, like he's borrowing
2: mine. Yeah. How did he do a show for my, sister? it's the other way
1: around. So I hang around afterwards.
2: Uh, you guys are buddies. That's yeah,
1: funny. I know. She I was funny. It was, we had a good time yesterday. They bought like a food cart in. it was great. It was like, I have, I'll put some pictures on my Instagram if you guys want to check it out. But we're all sitting here talking and I, I who was I talking to? Kristen or Tom or somebody. And uh, the idea, oh, and Dan Hoffman who was here. And we were talking about how I heard this line once by Father Bob Sirico, I use often, who who spoke at the Acton Institute. I was listening on C-SPAN one day. And he said, it's not that government is too big. It's that government is too stupid. (laughs) Um, And and he's right. Mm. When I tell you this wrinkle about what the FBI missed, you're going to be like, is this for real? So let me get right to it. So the FBI, when they applied for search warrants to access Hillary Clinton's computers and computer devices and the devices of her staff for the emails, she ran over her personal server. You tracking? Yeah. They had to get a search warrant to get those emails. Not No big surprise there. They used a very specific charge, which was 18 U.S.C., which stands for United States Code. That's the criminal code. Uh, 18 U.S.C. 793 F. So follow me here, folks. This is going to be a little complicated, but I promise you it's worth your time. When they applied for a search warrant, they went to a judge and said, we need to access these emails based on a potential violation of 18 U.S.C. 793 that charge is basically the trafficking and in sensitive information and F is the gross negligence statute. In other words, Joe, mm-hmm. the subsection of the crime, which indicates that whether you did it intentionally or not, right. if your behavior was, quote, grossly negligent, you're guilty. Now, that's they laid it out in front of a judge. This is the crime we think was committed. Therefore, we need a search warrant. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to be a lawyer to figure out um, that if you want to get a search warrant, you have to lay out in a search warrant some very specific things. Mm-hmm. Well, When I was a federal agent, you have to lay out where the property's going to be. You had to describe it. Let's say I was searching a home. You have to say it's a white house with a white picket fence with three windows in the front and a door, and it looks like this, and it has a roof. You have to lay out a very specific location. You can't just do what you... There's no open search warrant. There's no, I want a search warrant for Joe Armacost. For what? I don't know, something. That's not the way our system works. They were very specific about not only the place they wanted to search the computers and they described them. They were also very specific, which you have to be about what crime. You can't just say I want a search warrant. Why? I don't know, because Joe got a bad haircut this week. So I want a search warrant for scissors in his house or something. Ain't getting That's it. not the way this you don't roll that way. That's not no, you're not getting it. You lay out a crime. So they lay out even the subsection. They think Hillary Clinton's team trafficked in sensitive information. And they were grossly negligent. Now, what's fascinating about this whole thing is these idiots must have forgot forgot about what they put in the search warrant. Because the (laughs) DOJ, Jeff Carlson, this is in the Epic Times piece. It's in my show notes today, Bongino.com. Check him out. Carlson gets his mitts on his testimony where this congressman starts asking Bill Price step who is, you know, keep in mind who Price Step is. You've heard his name often here. Yep. He is this higher up, you know. You, I think it's Pre-Step. Pre-Step, step I always say Price Step. I always pronounce everybody's name, right? But you're I,
2: right. It's a It's a very, very under-discussed person.
1: Uh, and he's like. He's the linchpin. And the whole thing, because he's running the whole, he's Strokes Boss, yep. and he's mm-hmm. responding, he's directly to Andy McCabe. Yep. So Price, Pre-Step. <laughs> See, I'll say it wrong a thousand <laughs> times. Pre-Step. <laughs> Pre step is in front of a congressional committee under oath. He's asked by this congressman about a chart, folks, that Carlson gets his mitts on and that he had in the, uh, in the, on the Capitol hearing from the DOJ that's sent over to the FBI. And this chart specifically excludes, excludes charges they can use to charge Hillary Clinton. And one of the excluded charges, in other words, do not do this, is the gross negligence statute. Oh, oh, isn't that cute? So they get a search warrant approved by the Department of Justice, approved (laughs) by a, a court, approved by a judge. Every search warrant has to go in front of a judge, has to be read and sworn to. We believe there's probable cause this crime, 793 F gross negligence was committed. Yet once DOJ gets wind of it, Loretta Lynch's DOJ sends a chart over That specifically leaves out gross negligence. So this congressman pulls this chart up, this guy Brighton back, (laughs) to pre-step, and he starts asking about it. Let me read to you what Carlson got his mitts on here. We see in this chart that the DOJ is not willing to charge this, meaning 18 U.S.C. 793F. Hey, my question's going back to those draft affidavits. He's talking about the search Mm warrants. If DOJ is not willing to charge this statute, why would the FBI in an affidavit use the same statute as a predication to obtain a search warrant if the statute was never going to be prosecuted. That's a lot of lawyer talk for, what the hell were you charging him with if you weren't (laughs) going to charge him with it? So Pre-Step, obviously, Pre-Step caught off guard again. Now, I think Pre-Step is is singing. I think that's why he's been left out of the criminal prosecutions. I'm reasonably confident that he's the one, let's say, telling tales. And I think that's why he's been left out of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, so Priestep responds, so, so, I don't, he's like, this is the, this is him like stuttering through this. He says, so, so, I don't know who put this together and use this language. So the congressman responds, well, someone in the FBI general counsel's office did. He says, yeah, uh, no, uh, no, I trust you there, but I, I don't know why they, uh, uh, again, put it together. I don't know why they use this language. DOJ not willing to charge us. Oh, you don't? So I'm going to give you two questions here. I'm going to send, we're going to go a little round Robin. Okay. We'll get, this is going to be a, a, a sample, an unscientific survey of general public opinion about what we think really happened here. Do you think Linda option a, that the DOJ sends this chart over to the FBI, specifically excluding the only chargeable crime they put in a search warrant because, A, they didn't feel like they had any evidence or or B, because you think the deeply connected Democrats inside the Department of Justice wanted to give Hillary Clinton a pass. Just throw something out there. Just throw it out there.
2: I mean, listen, I have a lot of thoughts on this, and, and one of them is the fact that, uh, you know, Rod Rosenstein, former, you know, deputy AG, is married to... You know, Lisa Barsoomian. You're going to get a lot of
1: emails. I haven't mentioned that on the show. Yes. People are going to, so there you go.
2: So, Lisa mm-hmm. Barsoomian is a very under discussed person because she's the wife of, of a DOJ, you know, official. But, you know, she also is an attorney. She represented Bill Clinton as a United States attorney, and she has dealings with both Hillary and Bill Clinton. She also has dealings in representing Robert Mueller. So the fact that our deputy AG is married to somebody who represented the Clintons as well as represented Mueller, whether it be in an official capacity for the United States or maybe she had some personal off the record consulting. I don't know, but so I think there's something there.
1: I'm going to render a guess that you're going with B.
2: I'm just gonna throw that. I'm just, Blair, I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> uh, it sounds that way. Okay, okay. All, now, all that and I got B. Now, yeah. ladies
1: first, of course, so producer Joe... Out of respect for uh, for for you and your position, your exalted position within the show, oh, great exalted reverence, reverence position, reverence. <laughs> <laughs> <Arbica. laughs> is it option A that they really couldn't find anything and there was no chargeable crime on Hillary, or option B, you think they were giving them a political pass because the Clintons, the Clintons were the exalted ones? Jim, I'm going to go with option B for three hundred. What is B for 300 in, in appropriate Jeopardy worded language? Armacost, ding ding, 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 ding. We ding, have two out of three. But for the sense of unanimity and consensus, Mr. Blair, oh, that. exalted one of Bongino.com. Thank you. The uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Yes, and and, and uh, the Paula Blair axis of power on <laughs> Bongino.com. I know how Paula would answer. I'm married to her, so I don't need to get Paula on the phone. Maybe I should call her. But how fun... Hold on. Let's do this on the Blair, before we get to you. <laughs> I, I say B. I'm gonna, Le, while You stole in, my answer. You're going to say B. Oh, I want her to call me right now. I'm just going to add. This is, we're going to do this. So we have three Bs now that this was probably a politically motivated decision, right? Three, you have Blair. Everybody gets it. If mm-hmm. Paula calls, we're going to get a four for four. This would be... <laughs> this He's got completely. Paul is up. feeding the fish right
2: now. She's she, busy. I, yeah, think, she,
1: I think the fish, she sent me some poor like, Harry. It's a fish funeral. She just sent me a cryptic text. I don't know what this means. <laughs> the fish died. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> not cryptic. That would mean actually the fish really did die. So the Congressman asks some additional questions too, just to follow up and close the loop on this. So the uh, Brightenback says, I can stipulate that we've seen drafts of search warrants submitted to the Eastern District of Virginia to obtain material in the Clinton case. So Priestep says, well, okay. And he says, based on those search warrants, the predication was 18 USC, 793 F. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, the fix was in from the start. They never had any intention whatsoever of charging Hillary and the news. So you don't think I'm just some rando here bringing up some dopey topic out of nowhere. You have to have the info on the Clintons. Yes, of course we knew that's not the story that the fix was in. It's the lead, but it's not the story. The deeds matter. Folks, you're going to argue with your liberal friend, Vic. The fix wasn't in. What are you talking about? She wasn't guilty. Really? Because they got a search warrant on a charge they specifically excluded from actually charging. That's the takeaway. The search warrant said, 793F, gross negligence. The DOJ sent over a charge saying, do not charge them with 793F. Does that sound like justice to you? Of course it doesn't. You know, I, I tweet out every day, like, collusions for imbeciles. Don't be an imbecile. The story don't be, don't be on this. They, they sent out specifically a chart that said, do not charge them with the charge we're actually charging them with. Ridiculous. Hey, so a little on the ground here stuff in North Korea. I an, uh, we are not in North Korea. We are in Hanoi, about North. I have a little note here. I'm not in North Korea. Not been imprisoned by the North Koreans. They wouldn't let me do a podcast anyway if I did. <laughs> So Linda, you, you, you're you here, down, and you guys are here. So the traffic here is is, is crazy. Oh, my God. Um, it reminds me of when I was in Indonesia, and, and seemingly everybody has a moped. But oh, is that what they are? Yeah, they're mopeds. They're like, oh, I thought they were like scooters. Yeah, scooters, scooters, moped, same thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, like Vespa-looking thing. Yeah, yeah, Vespa. Everybody. Yeah, what yeah, would you yeah. say, like 80% of the vehicles are- Beyond. Are, and the weird thing about it is, is there's almost no traffic control at all but nobody hits anyone.
2: Okay, so yesterday Blair was writing said something to me and he goes the seemingly chaotic but yet perfectly coordinated movements right. of the mo-. I was like dude that's the best way to it, say it. Blair.
1: Is it it's organized chaos, is yeah. it not? Yeah. Like well, when Li- you first see it it looks like well, this Linda can't work. Said
2: yesterday the traffic signals are just a suggestion. Mere you know? nobody pays it. <laughs> st- yeah. I
1: haven't even seen a traffic signal yet. So
2: I don't know where you guys I are. have it says don't walk now you'll die. So and nobody does though. So
1: Oh, yes, they do. I, it's it's like really a scary. Of, it's a game of fraud. Well, well not, I haven't actually witnessed it yet. <laughs> but it, when I was in Indonesia, I remember the same thing. It's like because there's no traffic control, everybody's super aware of what the other person is doing. And it's almost like they have this collective, like, Borg-like hive mind in traffic where the guy on the scooter knows what the other – and it's just insane. I'm going to try to get – one of the people at Fox, one of the uh, executives, has a time-lapse video of an intersection. Mm. It's guy, John, if I can get it from him, I'm going to put it on my Instagram. It is killer. You're going to be like, how? It, the time lapse is over like an hour. You're going to be like, how did nobody get killed there? There's yeah. no traffic at all. And there are thousands of mopeds. So I'm only telling you because I'm getting some questions about some color on the ground. But it's like, I got a nice compliment. Uh, thanks to Joe and Linda and the team and everyone else about the sound quality of the show. Um, and they said, what am I traveling with? I will, I'll put a picture up on Instagram. Blair has traveled. Um, with essentially looking like a military connex box of uh, you know if you had if you were like a green beret unit taking over a small town that's the kind of Blair has so much stuff in this room hmm. the show sounds good because this is like a ten billion dollar
2: studio here so the behind the scenes story to that which you may you may have heard when we were on Sean's show the other day is that we have six cases of gear oh. but the gear allowable allowable weight is thirty two kilos kilograms or whatever the heck it is yeah. and literally. We had to unpack each of our gear bags because we have so much gear. We have, you know, we have one regular system and then a redundant system. Mm-hmm. So that when one takes a crap, we got another one to back it up. But we had so much gear. I had to pay extra money just to get the gear on the plane.
1: So you have here, because I was getting all these questions. We have four RE20 mics. Yeah. What are those? Compressors?
2: Yeah, we got, we got compressors. We got two mixing boards, three Everybody's asking boxes, me this. Battery we bat, got we got two battery backups. He
1: even brought Rlx like sound protection. So the reason the show sounds good, and I deeply appreciate your compliments. I'm not just, but I did get a question. A guy emailed me. and He's like, "How did you do that?" And the answer is, I didn't. I only travel with an iMac and a microphone when I travel. But they don't mess around. And this is the this is the show. If you listen later, so make sure you tune in to Hannity show 3 p.m. Eastern. It's the same studio. We're doing the same show. That's why I just—I don't go anywhere. I just wait for Sean to come in. We we all
2: just hang out. We all just hang out. (laughs) Hanging out in Hanoi. Yeah, hanging
1: out. And it's the middle of the night. here, something else to do. And uh, we just knock out both shows. Linda's like, "Yeah, let's do your show here." So that's why it sounds so good. But something funny happened yesterday. So I go over at in the morning here, which is the night. Remember, we are exactly the opposite of Eastern time. So Sean's nine p.m. Eastern. Hannity show on Fox is at nine in the morning. So I do my show. We Sean does his radio show. Um, I go back to the hotel for a few hours and then I bounce over to the JW Marriott where they're in Hanoi where they're doing the show. So I'm in the um, like, the control room they have set up for Fox and I can see like there's a hustle and bustle and it's reminding me of when I was in the Secret Service. Everything in the Secret Service is hurry up and wait. Oh, Everything's like, and then all of a sudden it's done. <laughs> hurry up, hurry up. Okay, wait, hurry up, hurry up. Wait, wait. Right. <laughs> and it just reminded me of the energy. I'm like, what's going on? So, and I'm not, I'm not speaking out of turn. They broadcast this on the other side. Sean's stuck in traffic. Joe, it's like, I'm not even kidding. It's like 8.35 PM. Sean is in traffic. like, I don't mean traffic. I mean like traffic, tra- like nobody's Bottleneck. moving anywhere. And they're looking around and they're like, I, I don't know what, is he going to even make it for the show? So he's stuck in this car. And if you watch the show last night, you saw it. This is legit video. It's not a joke. They're like, Sean, you got to take a scooter. They pick some random guy on the street on a scooter. Sean <laughs> jumps on the back of the scooter and he gets there with like 20 minutes to spare. You have to see the video.
2: So yep. yeah, I get this text from Sean and uh, and and his assistant and I'm like, is this like photoshopped? Is this a joke? I'm like, Are you guys kidding? And he's like, dude, this happened to me right now. I'm like, what? And he was
1: so You know, listen, I I Listen, Sean loves motorcycles. Nobody knows Sean better than Lyndon. He's been with him for a long time. Sean has this just gregarious personality. You think he'd come in all like really upset and angry and all fired up. This is crazy. Get me out of here. Nope. Came thought it was the funniest thing. He'd say, put that on the show everybody get it on the show. So he's just a good guy. And I I just want to throw that out there. And I'm not just saying that because he's let me use the studio. (laughs) He's Really, it was just such a great experience. Um, OK, I want to move on. Bernie Sanders did a CNN town hall last night. Uh, the biggest fraud in politics right now, uh, Bernie. I mean, it. I, he, he's not the sleaziest. That's Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell. But he is the biggest fraud. Uh, he says he's a socialist. He owns three homes, has a nice car. Um, it's probably worth close to a million dollars. It makes him a total, complete fraud. So Sanders was on CNN last night and I want you to listen to the way this total fraud dances around a question asked of him, a very specific question. Are you going to be allowed under the Bernie Sanders socialist healthcare system to keep the insurance policy you have now or not? Simple. Remember, Obama, even radical far left Obama was like, hey, if you like your plan, you can keep your plan. Listen away, Bernie. He does a little dance around this question. Play that cut, Senator. Let's uh, talk
0: a little bit about uh, uh, Medicare for all because about half of Americans, as you know, they're insured by their employer right. plans. According to a recent Gallup poll, seventy percent of these people with private health insurance, their plans, they like their plans. They think their plans are good. Will these people be able to keep their health insurance plans, their private plans, no. through their employers? If there is a Medicare for all program that you endorse what they will, what will change in their plans is the color of their card. So instead of having a blue cross blue shield card, instead of having a United health insurance card, they're going to have a Medicare card. That Medicare card will allow them both to go to any doctor that they want. If they're going to the doctor, they're happy any hospital they want, but you know what else? They're not going to be paying any private insurance premiums. If they are seniors, we are going to expand Medicare benefits to cover dental care, which is not covered for seniors, hearing aids, and eyeglasses. There will be comprehensive health care. People can go to any doctor, dentist, or a hospital they So like. if they like their health insurance plan, they won't be able to keep their health insurance plan? Well, nobody, this business of liking your health insurance plan, which, by the way, employers change every single year people like their doctors they like the hospitals they like the care they're getting our bill in fact right now if you are in a particular program you may not be able to go to the doctor that you want our our program will allow you free if they choice. wanted additional private health insurance beyond medicare for all would they be allowed to purchase that kind of health if insurance they want, our bill covers all health care needs all if people want cosmetic surgery, for example, yes, of course, they can get private insurance.
1: Wow. You know, I almost reluctantly have to give Bernie credit for that was one of the finest dances around. Aqu- I mean it. I'm not <laughs> even ca- I don't agree with it. But from a strict tactical perspective, he must have rehearsed that with a focus group. Oh, my gosh. 100, 200 times. What a perfect way to never answer the the question was simple. Wolf Blitzer asks him a straightforward question. Can I keep my health insurance plan I have, or can people keep it or not? So he never answers the question. So he says two things. Actually, there's three takeaways from this. Takeaway number one. He says, well... It's not about that. It's about the color of your card. I'm surprised you make it a race thing. You're a racist. You have the wrong color, card, right? I'm surprised you didn't go right to identity politics. And you're definitely a racist if you don't support Medicare with the wrong color card. He goes right to, it's not about that. It's about the color of your insurance card. It's going to change from this color to a Medicare color. Okay, that's not what I asked. I didn't ask you if the color of the card is going to change. I asked you if we can keep our health insurance. So he, he in a genius tactical shift, like this fraud, is he's getting to be an expert at this. He doesn't answer the question because the question answer would be grossly unpopular to probably upwards of 70 to 80% of the population. The answer is no, you can't keep your insurance under socialist breadline Bernie's uh, socialist Medicare system. So he goes right to, oh, no, it's just the color of the card. Then he, this is, I mean, this is like tier one level trolling of people right here. He says, no, it's not about that. People like their doctors. And, you know, you got to be able to go to your doctor. Notice what he did. You see what he did there? (laughs) This is slick. It's a family friendly show. He makes it out. He disconnects the health insurance you have that you like, which enables you to see your doctor from your doctor himself or herself. A genius move. Notice how mentally it gets you away from, wait, wait, I'm going to lose my plan, but he automatically refocuses on you, but don't worry. It's your doctor you're going to be able to see. There's no guarantee of that. How does Bernie know that? I can guarantee you one thing. That An incredibly large number of doctors and hospitals will shut down under this Bernie Sanders system because a a doctor's time, like food, water, and everything else, is a scarce resource. It has to be allocated. It can only be allocated one of two ways. You'll get a a Nobel Prize in economics if you can tell me a third way. By the way, I put this question out for five years doing this show. No one's ever emailed me a third way to allocate scarce resources. You can price it or you can ration it. Mm. That's it. You can either price it or you can ration it, meaning a doctor's time is going to be rationed under a non-price government-run system. That's the only way, folks. There is no other way. So what Bernie does is he disconnects you from the insurance and the doctor, and he makes it about the doctor, but he leaves out the part where it's your insurance now that enables you to see the doctor you like. That may be how you actually found your doctor. (laughs) Do you understand the tier one level trolling this is? It's genius. He never answers the question that your insurance that makes you, that allows you to see your doctor now is going to go away. But instead of getting you all panicked about it, he goes, but don't worry, you'll still be able to see your doctor. He has no way of knowing that. None. It's not possible. One more thing I want to bring up about this clip because it's important. Bernie keeps talking about this. It's it's, it's a myth. It's a myth we've debunked. Joe, you're probably tired of hearing it right now. Matt Palumbo, my resident debunker Mm. on the website, on the debunk this section, has debunked this six different ways from Sunday. There's a talking point Democrats are out there that needs to be on your tip of your tongue to immediately counteract and break down, or else you'll fall prey to it too. And it's this. Oh, listen, we can get rid of the administrative costs because Medicare is more efficient. Notice what he says there. Bernie says in the clip, he says there's a private insurance premium. What he's suggesting there is that free market private health insurance costs more because the administrative costs are more. But there's a little trick here. Here's the trick they do. When you see it, you'll see why a lot of people get scammed by this. They're not talking about the administrative costs of private insurance versus Medicare and government insurance overall when they say, oh, the government does a better job and the administrative costs are lower. What they're talking about is the percentage of costs spent on health care as a function of the overall cost of the medical bill. So let me just give you an example. I, Joe, I know you're tired. You've heard this, but some in the audience may not have heard this because it's a common talking point. Yeah. If the healthcare costs for private insurance overall for everyone in the country, let's just use round numbers, were $100, $100 and the administrative cost, overhead, right? The, the administrative staff and whatever were $10. Then the percentage of healthcare costs that go to administration and private healthcare would be 10%, 10 out of 100. But if they spent the same $10 in the government on administrative costs, but the amount of money spent on the health care of that population is $1,000, all of a sudden, the health care costs are what? 1%. <gasps> Whoa. Joe, the government managed to save money because they're only 1% of health care costs. Nah. Now, you may say, Dan, you just made their point. No, 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 I'm not done. The government is never more efficient, okay? Don't make me laugh. You ever been to the DMV? Like, listen, give me a break. What was the last time you said, wow, this government, they really do a great job knocking it out of the park. What a great job on the bureaucracy side. The answer is sometime close to never. You've never said that. All right. The way this works, folks, is who does the government insure? Well, Medicare is a large swath of the government's spending on healthcare. Medicare covers who, Joe? Do they cover uh, five-year-olds and six-year-olds? Uh, no. No, of course not. If you have $1,000 in medical bills because there's an older, sicker population via Medicare you're insuring and the administrative bills are the same or even more or even $20 or $30, not $10, of course it's going to look like the government spent less money on administration as a percentage. That's not the case at all. They're just insuring an older, sicker population. When you actually put the numerator and the denominator, denominator excuse me in context and you control for the health status of the population, the government's administrative costs are off the charts. It's not even close to private insurance. Folks, you have to be a moron to believe that the government bureaucracy somehow has figured out a way to be more efficient than a free market private insurance industry. I mean, are you insane? Who actually believes that? This has to be able to roll off the tip of your tongue, though. When someone says to you, well, the government's administrative costs uh, are, are far cheaper than the private sector. You go, well, how did you measure that? Well, as a percentage or you may have to take most liberals. I'm sorry, but they're really dopey. You may have to tell them what they're saying because they don't usually know. <laughs> You'll say what you're saying is you're saying as a percentage of the overall health care spending. Correct. The liberal typically won't know. But if they do know, they'll say, yes, that's what I'm saying. They say, well, are you controlling for the health status? Uh, uh, what do you mean? They don't know what controlling means. A lot of them, you know, claim to be really smart. But they, controlling means, are, are, you, are, you, are you extemporaneous variables? like extraneous? Are you controlling for them? Are you controlling for the health status of the population to make sure you're not spending more on those people? Therefore, the percentage of administrative costs looks lower just because it's an older and sicker population. Oh, uh, uh, no, we didn't do that. Of course, you're a liberal. Therefore, you're a de facto moron. Because <laughs> when you control for that, it's obvious the government didn't do anything. Ah but you see, this is yeah. This is why I live to do this stuff. And just to give you a little idea where I heard this, one of the best ways to debunk liberal talking points is to watch the Saturday shows. Go to Fox, put on the Saturday shows and watch the liberal debates because they all come in. I don't know if they prepare on Saturday night through some like Borg collective hive mind. <laughs> but they'll come out with their talking points on the Saturday shows. And I heard that about five years ago on a Saturday show. And I immediately went to Google. And I put in. Myth that government administrative costs are lower on health care. And there were about 100 articles there from Heritage. It's so easy to debunk. It's nonsense. So now you have it. It's only because it's an older, sicker population. And therefore, of course, the percentage is going to look lower. It's nonsense. All right. Um, one more point and we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up for the day. So I got a, a great email from a guy yesterday and it, he's like, you missed something on the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez day. A couple of days ago, we hit this... Uh, this tweet she sent out where she was like celebrating the idea that she's wasting your money. She's like, Hey, I pay my entry level staffers $52,000 a year on my congressional staff. Cause I want everybody to have a living wage. Okay. Uh, number one, you are not paying anything. We are, yeah. you know, it, it's fascinating how she distributes other people's money and then celebrates It's like, it's actually, like it's coming yeah. out of her pocket. Wow. you are paid your staff for year. That's really nice. Now I know people, you know, in this office and others who have given their own money to other people, but she's giving away taxpayer money. But another point on that is, well, isn't that kind of a slap in the face to experienced staffers who've worked their whole careers to get a better salary for the value added skills they bring to our office who now have to accept the same entry level salary as an intern who got their first job? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of a little bit of a punch in the gut if you're a rational, sane person. But again, we're talking about the Democrats. So I, I know that's a bridge too far. But a guy sends me an email. It was beautiful. It was just awesome. He's like, you missed the biggest point of all. He says, why isn't she paying herself that? I said yes, brother. The dude who sent me—I'm sorry, I forgot your name. You are a genius. I tweeted that out last night. I don't know if you saw it. I forgot who emailed me though, so it wasn't like I was not trying to give. I really, genuinely, I can't forget. But you know who you are because you sent the email. That is a genius point. He's like, if she was a real socialist, then she should have paid herself the fifty-two thousand too. And I added a little tidbit at the end of the tweet. From each according to his abilities to each according to his needs, right? That's the, the communist manifesto, man. That's the socialist credo, babe. That's it. So from each according to... She should only need $52,000. She just said that's a living wage, right, Joe? Mm-hmm. So why is she getting paid, what, $174,000? So I would like everyone to tweet her. Be cool about it. You know, the tweet at... She's at AOC. Tweet her and ask her why she's not accepting the $52,000. She's determined to be a sufficient wage to live. From each according to her abilities to each according to her needs. Yeah, babe, let's do it. Let's do it. Come on. She should take it too. If she's a legit socialist, she should take the $52,000. That was a genius point. Absolutely stellar. So the dude who sent that, you are awesome. You get the, well, we got a contest coming up. I may send you something because I like you so much. That was (laughs) one of the best email. I read my email. That thing was awesome. I read that and I'm like, Darn it. Why did I miss that on the show? I tweeted out like that was an ode to you, buddy. All right. That was a lot of content. We were at this. (laughs) I'm really, for what it's worth, I'm really enjoying. We don't really do these ensemble operations, but I'll keep you updated uh, on the status of negotiations here. Oh, let me just one final thing before we go. I I, I know I haven't even spoken about the North Korean negotiations yet. Listen, everybody needs to take a chill pill on this. I don't know any easier way to say it. They're pressuring Trump to leave this place with some kind of hard declaration. You know, I'm not a golden calf worshiper, folks, but let's be candid here. Reagan's negotiations with Gorbachev took a very long time. And not only did they take a long time, there were some major steps back and some major failures there before we ultimately saw the breakup of the Soviet Union. They're dealing with a tyrannical dictator here. If we can come out of this... With some accounting, full accounting of the nuclear capabilities of the North Korean regime. Remember, we don't even know how many nuclear weapons they have. I've seen any estimate from 10 to 30. We have no idea about their capability on reentry, which is important. It's important because if the, if the weapon can't make it back through, in, through the atmosphere and burns up, you don't have an atmospheric detonation. I can have an actual, you may not have a detonation at all. It's not everything, but it's important and an accounting of their storage facilities where they're keeping this stuff if we can get that and we take the danger level from a nine to an eight then folks that's a marginal improvement and the people on the left saying, oh if he doesn't come out of here with a hard deal you know what can it i'm tired of you idiots these are the same people who supported giving the iranians a pallet full of cash while they were chanting death to america you know hard pass no thanks I'll keep you updated as we uh, we hear stuff on the ground. And of course, I'll give you some color commentary from what it's like here in Vietnam. All right, thanks again for tuning in, folks. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes. It is free. If you have a uh, iPhone or iOS, just go to the podcast app, click subscribe. Uh, if you have an Android, you can go to iHeartRadio or SoundCloud, click follow, or you can click the follow button on uh, SoundCloud as well. We would really appreciate it. The subscriptions are what drives us up the charts. All right, folks, thanks a lot. I'll see you all later. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud
0: and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.